Here he is, Josh James. What are we saying, Joshy boy? Mate, do you know what's funny? Is you can't proper, you can't see your face on any of your videos, can you? Nah, fucking sexy bastard in real life, though, aren't I? <laughs> well, mate, do you know what? You're so much, you're so much younger than I thought you was going to be. <laughs> you, mate, you've got the voice of like a fucking fifty-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> my wife said that as well. Proper. My, my missus said that to me the other day. Oh, really? I didn't think you was going to be as young as you are, mate. That's, honestly, that's absolutely frightening. Now you see me, Josh, though. You recognise me from billboards now, don't you? Old Calvin Klein billboards and all that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mate, definitely do. So how are you, bruv? I'm good, mate. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm obviously ma- massive fan of what you do and... Uh, yeah, I think you do the funniest. Uh, you do the funniest boxing content out there, without a doubt. So, uh, I'm, yeah, just glad that you've asked me to come on, mate. Oh, it's very kind of you putting blood in my helmet, saying things like that. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So, Josh James, I've got to introduce you, man. Your podcasting legend, your stand-up comedian. You're doing your skits, aren't you? You're doing your little sketches as well. Yeah, the Eddie Hearn sketches. A lot of people will know you from that in the boxing world. How did that come about? What well, the Eddie Hearn stuff? Um, do you know what? I, I probably watch more like videos of Eddie Hearn than anyone else on the internet. You know, because I'm always on IFL and Boxing Social, and mate, he just he just makes me laugh. He's a, I just think he's such a funny bloke, and obviously, he's not everyone's cup of tea, and that's why I like him because he sort of, you know, he sort of plays on that, you know, and he doesn't, and he doesn't, he doesn't really care, and I just find him very funny, but. Um, no, do you know what it was? I was getting a lot of um, people Eddie Hearning me off, just saying I look like Eddie Hearn. So I was just like, <laughs> oh, maybe I can do something with it. And I don't think I particularly look like him, but obviously we come from the same part of the world and I can pass for him. Um, so I was like, oh, let me do like a Eddie Hearn sort of character and see how we get on with it. Do you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, it's all right. Some people, it's the people that don't seem to like it, are like, oh, fucking, you sound nothing like him. And I'm not, I'm not an impressionist, you know what I mean? I'm just doing like a daft character that's meant to be him. You know, I'm not saying that I sound like him or nothing like that. But um, You ever met him? I've never, I've never met him. He shared quite a few of the videos. And uh, um, yeah, I speak to a couple of people at Matchroom and uh, I know that he enjoys them. But I've never, I've never met him, not yet, but I'm sure I will do one day. He is a good sport, isn't he? You sh- have you ever done Sam Jones, Josh? Have you ever tried a Sam Jones impersonation? No, do you know what it is? Is like boxing is. I think is still quite, and obviously we're massively into it. I think it's more one of more of the niche of sports. Do you know what I mean? But with Eddie Hearn, he sort of transcends the sport, doesn't he? It's like he's not just a boxing promoter. It's like the average person. The average person knows who he is. So then, you know what I mean? Definitely. I, I think with people like Sam Jones or you know people like this, obviously we all know what funny characters they are. Um, and we love him, but but that will go over people's heads just because they wouldn't, you know. No, no one will know who he is. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> and because you got to be a you got to be a real boxing fan to know who Sam Jones is. I think. Yeah, I think know? he's hilarious. He's one of my favourites out there. He's a right shit stirrer, isn't he? Just you know, he knows how to promote his fighters, and he, he gets you excited and hyped for the fight. What he did with with Joe Joyce, I think he single handedly yeah. just elevated his career from the early stages and. He's still he's still doing it now to a certain degree, you know, with some of his fighters. So I, I think he's brilliant. I think he needs more airtime. Well, this is it with boxing, isn't it? It's like it's great being a great fighter, 
of course it is. And you can be a world champion, you can be a great fighter. But so I think to really sell tickets, to really, you know, come into the sort of consciousness of the wider public, you need a personality, really, you know. And that's largely why I, I mean, I've always been a big boxing fan, probably. I remember like where I grew up, in, in Brentwood, uh, Frank Bruno didn't live too far away, so I'd always see him. So he was a hero of mine. Amir Khan, when he was, you know, in the Olympics, I just loved the way he fought. Um, but what made me really sort of fall in love with both of those characters, Ricky Hatton, when he when he fought Mayweather, I think I was about 18 at the time, maybe younger, 16 maybe. But what really made me, I think, buy into them from someone who, I'd done six months of boxing when I was younger, so I didn't really have a great, knowledge of the sport but what really got me into boxing was not just them being great boxers but also their personalities you know what I mean and their story and I think that's so I think that's so important really yeah Josh we were saying in the last podcast that we did about like the the uh the personalities in boxing we've got Ben Shalom at the moment and then the Aziz but see that's well they said it was an injury but they struggled to sell but we were sort of saying like last week if you haven't got the personality then maybe you need a Sam Jones as like Kai was saying like we all like think he's brilliant so what do you think about that like David Hay seemed to sort of help regalvanize uh Chisora's career would you ever get involved in a bit of boxing become a part of it sort of some sort of mouthpiece for someone um, I think I'm hated enough to be honest without <laughs> <laughs> getting involved in the boxing. Uh, no, nah, do you know what? It, I think to be a great promoter, um, you need. I, I mean, I, I think Eddie Hearn is is great because he's got a great personality. Things that seem to bounce off of him, but he also really has that that knowledge about boxing. Whereas I sort of would put myself somewhere between a casual fan. And someone who knows what they're talking about. Do you know what I mean? So when I listen to your podcast, boys, you you sort of break down fights a bit better than, than what I can sort of understand. You know, I know more than the average person, um, but I'm not going to sort of s- s- stand there. And people, when we watch boxing, we were mates, they're sort of asking for my opinion, but I'm like, you know, I think this and that. But listen, I've not, you know, I've not someone who's fought. I've not been a boxer. I've not, so I've got my opinion, but it really don't count for a lot. Do you know what I mean? Nah, it does count um, for a lot. Oh, it counts for a lot. It's about the fans. We're the ones, man, yeah. putting the money in the pockets. Yeah, so, but yeah, I'd love to do more within um, within the boxing world because I, I, I probably, you know, boxing's my number one sport really ahead of football now just because football for me, for that same reason, you know, you watch football nowadays and, I mean, with what, what I do, I love characters, I love personality, I love, you know, I love all that sort of stuff. You watch football now, oh, it's boring, isn't it? and the answers that they give—it's all pre-rehearsed. It's like they say enough. They say they say something without actually saying anything, you know, because they're so scared about yeah. getting caught out or saying the wrong thing. Media training, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas with boxing, that that's that's encouraged because obviously it sells the fight, you know. Um, so yeah, I'd love to do more in, in boxing, but whether I get the opportunity to, I'm not Th- sure. That, really. That's in contrast to you, because I was going down your Instagram and TikTok yesterday, and yeah, you go close to the edge. Some of the topics you're talking about, I think that's why you're getting so much traction, because everyone likes the taboo subjects. Everyone's scared to sort of talk about some stuff, but um, yeah, like who, who's your partner you've got on, on the podcast? Chris. You do? Uh, white boy. White boy. <laughs> white boy. I think he's hilarious, right? There was, you were talking, 
he was talking about like sex and like licking yeah. bubbles and stuff like that in one of your podcasts. Yeah, like, he's not going to get me it's on hilarious. the BBC, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. That's all right. Who wants to be on there anyway? Um, yeah, no. Well, do you know what it is? It's like we've we've we sort of like my stand up sketches is um, I like to talk about them things because I so often I go watch stand up. And I think, oh, it's good, you know, people are enjoying it. But I think to myself, how do we joke when we're down the pub? You know, we talk, we, we joke about things that are a bit taboo, which are a bit darker. You know, you know, you at the end of the day, you know where people's heart is at, you know. Um, you know when someone says something, I think, with a bit of menace or or whatever. So, I, I, yeah, I like to tip on that line, really, because I just think that's where the... I just think that's where the funniest stuff is. Well, it is, isn't you know, it? I'm not saying anyone that does the more relatable stuff or more, I suppose, cleaner stuff and that is, is is not good. But for me, you know, I sort of grew up in a world where, you you know, you laugh about the darkest things, you know. And that's how, that's how it gets you through. You know, if you can't have a laugh about some of the worst things in your life, then you, you're fucked, really, you know. And that's what I try and do with, with, with the stand-up especially. You know, but it's about towing that line because, you know, at the same time, you don't just want to be outwardly offensive or, or say anything just to that just to shock. You know, it's about trying to be a bit clever with it, really. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you think about comedy these days compared to comedy in the old days? I mean, I know you're saying like, uh, obviously, offensive comedians like Bernard Manning and people like that would never last in this day and age. However, they were funny. Nowadays, it is quite tailored back and it is sort of, they're, they're really so far away from going across the line that they don't want to go anywhere near it. Do you know what I mean? So they don't want to be controversial. Yeah, I think I think there's a way of doing it, to be honest. Like, you can still talk about topics. Um, I mean, if you saw my set list, you'd see, I mean, just, Jokes about Jimmy Savile, jokes about Ramadan, you know, like all, all sorts of different things. But it's about putting, I think, uh, uh, you still talk about them topics that are a little bit people, especially when someone like me comes out and is talking about them things. They're like, hold on, I've sort of heard this rhetoric before from a bloke like you. But if you can sort of flip it on its head and be a bit smart with it, you know, you can still do a lot of um, a lot of those jokes, but you've got to get it right, you know. Mm. And that's, I mean, that's the dangerous bit, but also the exciting bit as well, you know. Um, also, there's a danger of being banned. You get people get cancelled for next to nothing these days, and um, you know, we, me and John, we're we're black cab drivers by trade. That's what we do. And I've done. I used to do an Arsenal channel before uh, I did a channel with John. I did a show with the crazy Ginger Cabby. I don't know if you've met him before. Yeah, yeah, he's a friend of mine. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't know him now. I've done a show with him once. We asked him to come on. He come on. Really nice fella. Very, very, uh, you know, accommodating. So he just come on and helps out for a for a show. But he's he's been shadow banned a couple of times. He goes really close to, <laughs> close to, you know. <laughs> I'm thinking, can't his name's Aaron, isn't he? Like, oh, you can't be saying things like that. Yeah. Um, so you have got to be careful of that, otherwise you're going to lose everything you built, isn't it? On, on social media these days. Yeah, I mean, I think with with me, it's like I'm not. Um, I don't hold any prejudice against people. I'm not. You know, I don't really hold any of those views, so I'm never worried about what I'm going to say because I know I know where my sort of head and heart's at. Do you know what I mean? That's it. Um, but uh, but I can sort of use that. You know, I can sort of use that to my advantage because, um, you know, as soon as someone gets on the stage, you make an assumption about them based off of 
um, people and your life experience, basically. And I know that when I get up on the stage and I talk, typically people will hear me talk and will think about a certain person they've met in their life and they'll think, oh, he, he maybe is this sort of bloke. And that's where it's fun for me, where I can sort of flip that on its head and play on that stereotype and actually show a mum this sort of bloke. Do you know what I mean? Whilst also talking about um, all those topics, which, um, yeah, are a bit taboo. But like I said, you've got to be, you know, you've got to get it right. And it takes a lot of thinking. Mm. And, um, you know, you're never saying anything to just try and shock people. I think if you're ever doing that, that's probably when you know, when you're, on the, when, you're, when you're on the wrong side of it, really. So li- linking it to boxing in terms of, like, bravery, I would say getting on a stage to do comedy, you've got to have a set of bollocks on you, mate. Honestly, like, yeah, that, man. that <laughs> one must be one of the most hardest things you can do. So, yeah, how scared have you been getting on stage in front of everyone? And by the way, I've seen the way you deal with the hecklers, mate. Some of the stuff when you're, like... What what is your Instagram account and TikTok like? Tell anyone that's listening because go on. Some of the way you deal with the uh, hecklers is unbelievable, unbelievable. Yes, it's, it's at Josh Jamesy. Um, yeah, I mean, when you first, I've been doing it about nine, ten years next year, so it's like I actually feel it sounds a bit sad, but I actually feel more myself on stage now than I do off stage. You know what I mean? It's like I sort of come to life when I'm on stage, and. Um, Nothing much phases me really, but when you first start, yeah, it's it's scary. It does take a big because when I see people do public speaking now, I see them shaking and this, and I think, oh, you've not even got to make them laugh. You know mm. what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> you know, what are you so nervous about? But actually, when I think back to my first early gigs, yeah, it's it's it's, it's petrifying. I mean, I do like, you know, I do support for bigger comedians now, theatres and all stuff like that, and. I, and I love it, but then when I first started, you know, I'd get nervous performing in front of a group of 10, 20 people, you know. Um, but it's something, it's like anything, you know, you ask boxers, I'm sure. I mean, for me, after the reason I love boxing is because you look up at them blokes and you just think, it, it's so brave what you're doing, you know, in front of all those people. Um, I just couldn't imagine putting myself, I couldn't imagine being in that scenario, you know. But that that's for them that's years of training, you know, of doing it time and time again, of doing it, going inspiring, getting knocked out, having, you know, and that's pretty much what I've had. You know, I've had every, I've done every single sort of gig you can imagine. And I've died, you know, especially the first three years. I mean, it's like a roller coaster. I died on my ass so many times, like <laughs> terrible, you know, and you just, you just get a bit bulletproof to you really. And you get better and you get better. And, um, I remember when I first started, I'm like, oh, I don't want a heckler. Oh, I'm like, oh, no, what will I do? I'm like, oh, no, shit. That was the main thing I was worried about is someone shouting out, putting me off my set, you know. Yeah. Whereas now I fucking love it, you know. <laughs> someone heckles, I'm like, it's like, I love, I absolutely love it. So I've got my set, but I'm like, oh, here we go, you know. I get a, such a buzz out of that. I enjoy that. And even if someone, I had someone in Liverpool earlier in the year was quite confrontational. And I love that, you know, I'm, I love taking his heckle, going back at him, sort of burying him, really, and then but then also getting him back on side before the end of the set, like we're all mates. You know what I mean? Got a massive buzz out of that. Right. Like then I, after I sort of showed him who was boss, sort of thing. Uh, I then uh, then sort of got him back on side, and all the crowd was sort of was all 
together again. Do you know what I mean? So, um, but that's just yeah, that is. I understand from someone who don't do it, you think, oh, that takes a big set of bollocks. But it's like any job. The more you do it, it just it's just like any other job. You know, you mm. the more you do it, the better you get, and the less it phases you, really. Yeah, Mickey Mickey Flanagan was. He said he'd done about fourteen years, didn't he? Until he's cracked it. Yeah. Um, so you do have to put in that time, didn't you? Who was your uh, inspiration then to get you into that? Who was the one you said, right? I want to do what he does. Yeah, I think I think it. I couldn't not mention Mickey Flanagan, you know, because when I was probably about eighteen, um, he was. I mean, when he would, he's out out tour, the one that he done at the Cliffs Pavilion in South End that was like viral on DVD. You sort of watched him and you're like, oh my god, this is like, this is so spot on. Not just relatable, but the jokes, the jokes are so clever, you know, so clever. But yeah, growing up, you know, Billy Connolly in my house was always, uh, was always the man. You know, um, I mean, I'm Catholic, so the jokes he's making about sort of a Catholic upbringing is just is so good. Um, and then now I'm into a lot more of the American comics, really. You know, the likes of Dave Chappelle, Tom Segura, um, you know, uh, uh, Shane Gillis, new, new guy, if you watch him on Netflix. Um, so, yeah, loads of people, but not just one person, loads loads of people, really. And then in terms of the sketches, you know, when everyone started doing all the online stuff, I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to fucking do this shit on the I shouldn't say shit because a lot of people that's wrong with me actually. I don't want to do all like the phone obvious things, you know. Someone they it's all sort of the same. Do you know what I mean? It's guy with a phone and mm. whatever. I'm like, oh, well, I don't really want to do that to be honest. And then I was watching uh, watching Paul Whitehouse, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, and Catherine Tate, and I'm like, oh, I want to make sketches like this, you know. And that's why I sort of went down the angle of, you know, getting them film properly and just trying to make him a little bit more like they t- stand the test of time a bit. Do you know what I mean? Um, I mean, you don't get you as many followers doing it that way because, you you know, your output's not as much. You can't be putting three, four sketches out a week. It takes, you you know, you've probably got one every three weeks. But for me, that's sort of what I wanted to do. I wanted to do the, that's how I wanted to do it, you know? They certainly struck a chord like that Millwall, yeah, that that Millwall one, get, one everyone. More, who... You're hard. Getting a delay again. <laughs> I know it's fucking annoying, isn't it? It's so fucking annoying. It's always your uh, your connection as well. I know. I don't know why I'm the cunt with the fucking shit internet. Yeah, yeah. You, you look like you're fucking in in a Middle Eastern country now, just in some bunker or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm in that dark room with AJ at the minute. Fucking hell! I can barely see you, mate. Um, yeah, I was just going to say that. That Millwall sketch, everybody sent me that. I mean, that was that went fucking like I say global, but everywhere in London, anyone who knew about Millwall saw that sketch. The old Crystal Palace one as well is fucking hilarious, man. With Nigel, yeah, <laughs> ultras, yeah. The, the uh, yeah, the Millwall, Millwall one, um, yeah. Did Millwall fans send that to you? Did they find that funny? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mate, he's a mega Millwall fan. They all want to know where you live and all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. it that, that's that's the thing is that in, with any of these sketches, it's like you always hope that. I mean, look, there are some real hardcore fans out there, aren't there? But you sort of want to tell everyone 
you know, I've had people come up to me and go, oh, you've got a problem with my team, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's, that's literally not it at, at all, you know. It's like, really? that's, it's never, they're never made with malice, you know what I mean? They're always made so that we hopefully can all enjoy them, but I understand that sometimes someone might be sending it to you, trying to wind you up, and then, you know, you want to have a, you want to have a go at the guy that made it, you know what I mean? So, um, that's, that's fair enough. But, yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy doing the football ones, and, I see there's a lot, always a lot of, I always thought there was a lot of sketches out there about things going on the field. But what is interesting to me and what has always been interesting to me about football is the fans. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's what really makes football football is the, is, is the fans. You know, after time, go watch a game. I'm sort of less worried about what's happening on the pitch. I'm more interested to see how people are reacting and the funny things people saying on the terraces and that. That's what I find really interesting, you know, the sort of culture around it, really. Um, but yeah, I never, I never make any of those sketches to um, to sort of have a pop at anyone, really. You know, they're always trying to be so that we can all enjoy them, but not, you know, unfortunately, not everyone takes them like that. No, do you know what I was going to say? It's funny because. I spoke, we'd done a podcast and I spoke to Proper, didn't I? And I said to you that I'd watched you uh, on that podcast with your mate. Oh, yeah. And I said, I said it was blinding. I said, I watched it. I said, we could learn a lot from those guys. The way you're just transparent, it's like observational humour, but you're not like trying to do gags all the time. But I thought it was hilarious. And then like listening to you today, yeah, it's brilliant because I feel like we'd like to say more about our personalities. And what you said earlier just makes down the pub having a laugh sometimes it might go a little bit dark but yeah we're we're obviously newer to it just feel like this trepidation like stepping on certain subjects well I want to touch that but ultimately what I've got from you today is that if you don't believe in that you haven't got these prejudices then speak because then you know the truth yeah but John but but we're, we're we're talking about boxing and there's never been a touchier bunch of people in the whole of sport than there is in boxing. You know, they're so touchy. You can't criticise boxers, promoters. If they get hold of it, they start DMing you or, you know, they're just very, very touchy. Yeah. Even if it's constructive criticism, because you haven't had 58 amateur fights or fucking won a Southern area title, you've got no right to say anything about anybody. And really, you know, we're normally respectful. You don't, we don't dig people out and just take the piss out of them on a personal level. But, if, you know, if we think, for example, Jack Cattrall needs to step, step, you know, step down on it and try and get Lenares out of there, that's not disrespectful because that's, that's what he needs to do. He's not a big ticket seller. Um, so he needs, to, he needs to do things like that in order to sort of enhance his reputation and get the bigger fights. But, you know, you could... He also needs to do some stand-up. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe he needs to watch a bit of you, Josh, and uh, figure out how to make a few people laugh. But <laughs> do you know what I mean? There's a touchy bunch of people mm-hmm. in, in boxing, and so we're always trying to like, figure out where the line is. Do we cross the line? Have we not? One one thing so, I've um, always learned. One thing. Well, one thing I've learned now is that you you really and people would always say it to me, but you really can't please everyone. Mm. You know, you really can't. And uh, if if you ever try and do that, then actually you're probably going to be a bit boring. You know, a bit vanilla. Yeah, van- vanilla. You know, you got especially you boys. You know, you boxing. You got to give your opinion on on stuff. And and listen, I, I would maybe listen to you guys. It'd be something I don't agree with, but I always just find it weird. I'm like, I'm not going to jump in your DMs and go, you fucking wanker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you know what? Because I've got a life. You know what I mean? I'm just mm. going to, uh, 
I'm going to take it with a pinch of salt and then and then carry on enjoying the podcast. But yeah. you've got to give your opinions, really. You are right, Kyle. Like, they are the touchiest people. I mean, I've got a mate up the golf club, right? And I was speaking to him the other day and um, we was talking about Fury Usyk. And when I brought it up, he went, uh, oh, Fury will win that. And I went, well, you know, I said, it's, it's, not as e- it's not as easy as fighting. You know? I said, Usyk's pretty good. He went, no, Fury will win that. I went, well, yeah, like, I think Yusuf's got a good case, you know. He's like, he can move and everything. Um, he could sort of dance around Fury. He went, no, Fury will fucking win that. And I went, oh, hold on a minute. He went, no, you're a cunt. He went, Fury will fucking win that. I know. And like, it's, so we're having a fucking argument in the middle of the bar in the fucking golf club, like, because over, over boxing and it's, it's mad. They're like, they are touchy fans. He's, he's a massive Fury fan, like, yeah. mega Fury fan. So anything you say against him. Just tell him AJ knocks him out. That'll really piss him off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sort of did. Tell him. Tell Ruffled him he failed a, a drugs test after the Klitschko fight and got done. Oh, don't, no, don't bring up the drugs. <laughs> this is the test. stuff we've got to talk about. This stuff, bro. We've got to talk about it. Do you know what oh, I mean? No. You got him pop for Nandrolone, didn't he? Now he's the biggest star, bigger than Canelo, earning all of these, you know, millions fighting on Garnu. Do we not want to talk about he got banned for drugs? We're all watching on Saturday. Are you watching? Are you going to watch it, Josh? Yeah, I'll, I'll be watching. Do you know why? Because like my mates, they're like, oh, we'll come round. We're going to watch this. Like for. For us guys, we're a bit like, oh, that's not, you know, that's not the fight we wanted to see him be having, really. But for them, it's, you know, for people that are not watching boxing week in, week out, it's, it's interesting for them, you know, it's fun for them. And they, you know, they like it. I mean, what what makes me laugh on the on the boxing fans um, is the rivalry between the people that like Queensbury and the people that like Matchroom. That really makes me laugh. When I'm reading in the, in the comments of like IFL Boxing Social, Madness. That cracks me up because it's almost like their team, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. almost like West Ham, Millwall, Tottenham, Arsenal. You know, it's so... And anything that Frank Warren or Eddie Hearn says, you know, people jump on and misconstrued. And I find that really, really entertaining. You know, it's really entertaining. At one point, it was quite cool to like Matchroom. And now it's kind of uncool to like Matchroom. Yeah. Do you, get, do you see that? Like Frank Warren is like now Frank Warren's gone from being the king, then he went downhill, and now he's almost like the up and comer, and people are rooting for Frank to get back on top. Now he's got on top. Eddie's <laughs> Eddie's the uncool one with Matchroom. Proper. If proper, if he pulls off the twenty third of December, yeah. If we get Usyk Fury on the twenty third of December, then Frank Frank's the governor. He's the governor this Shoulder year. Shoulder rolls in overdrive. Yeah, mate, it'll be Do you know what I love about Frank Warren? Is even when things are going his way, he just looks like, he looks like this yeah. close to just losing it all. Just yeah. lo- Do you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> I, when I watch Frank Warren, I'm like, oh, like, I want him to do well yeah. because I just don't want him to be fucking wound up. Yeah. You know what I mean? But this is the passion that you want. And this is this is what attracts us all to, to boxing, all these characters. And this is the thing with Ben Shalom. It's just... It's you just and Ben Shalom. Like, I want Sky Sports to do well. I want to. I want to be excited about Chamberlain, Luau, and fucking Bawatsi and the season now. But where is it? Where's the Bob Arum, the, the Eddie Hearn, the, 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 the Don Warren, King, right? mate? Don King was the governor back in the day with yeah. his fucking flags everywhere, going up and down in fucking old classic American cars with birds everywhere. <laughs> oh, he was he was brilliant, Don King. He's probably well, how old are you now? He's got to be ninety three. 94 yeah, years him old. Yeah, and Bob, him and Bob are 90, I don't know. Yeah, they're the old school promoters. You need you need them and you need them. Yeah, you need a person. Yeah, you need the personality with with um you know Ben Ben Shalom. It's uh 
it's a harder sell for someone like him, isn't it? Do you know mm. what I mean? He's got the biggest platform, Sky Sports, but I don't know. I, I'm I'm invested when I'm you know when I hear Frank Warren or Eddie Hearn speak. It's sort of like I'm, I'm you want it, it yeah. I mean, you want it, yeah. You want it. I don't so much get that from yeah. from from Ben Shalom. There was one press conference. Which was it, boys? You might be able to remember where Ben Shalom yeah. sat there. Was, I know you're going to say Joyce Parker. Parker, and he sat there, and I yeah. thought, yes, like you, you can't sell a fight. Just like you, you versus yeah. Coogan, like you and Coogan, IFL, you struggle to sell a fight as well as Eddie. And I know he's not been doing it so long, so let's not let's give him a couple of years. He might liven up in a couple of years. He's young, isn't he? But he, he sat at that press conference and he stirred the pot a bit and he got me really interested. I yeah. think, where is more of that from Ben, ben Shalom? Like you've got a massive platform. You've got some decent fighters. You know, you've rolled the dice. You've overpaid. You know, let's have it right. He's overpaid on a few of them. Ben Whitaker's the one he's overpaid on. Having said that, though, like some people want Ben Whitaker to get ironed out because he gets on people's nerves. But that's what you want, isn't it? You want to be talking about people. But the rest of his stable, and I agree with you, John, it's just, oh, just want to like shove yeah. a rocket up all of their asses, don't you? Yeah. He just ain't got the gift of the gab like Eddie and Frank, has yeah. he? Well, that's it. That's why a lot of people want to click into tune in to watch a fight, you know, because I think you either watch them. You either want to watch them win or you want to watch them that's lose. Yes. You know mm. what I mean? And if you don't really have an opinion on them, yeah. then I don't know if that's the best place to be as a boxer, really. You know, you look at Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've got to be honest, a great, fantastic. love to watch him, but unbelievable, you know. But a big part of me watching his fights so regularly, because I'm like, is this the one where he loses? Same here. Yeah. You know, and um, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of boxers like that. I don't want to name any, you know, but there are boxers now that are yeah. on the British scene that they get people's interest because, you know, you want to, you either tune in to watch them win or you really want them, really want them to lose. You know what I mean? And I'll I, tell you one, Josh, and I'll say it because I'll say it and I'll tell you why. It's Lawrence Coley. Not because we dislike him. You know, he does divide opinion, but a lot of people love Eddie Hearn in the sport for what he's done in the sport and the way he just turned his back on him and just fucked him off after all of that, what he'd done for him, giving, giving him that chocolate dial, fucking Rolex. And then he goes off, in the picture. You know what I mean? And then he goes off to boxer <laughs> and he loses. So Eddie Hearn's probably had the last laugh. He's had the last laugh, but the way he went about it and, you know, the, the, the post, the real sort of horrible post about Eddie Hearn being some sort of, you know, racist fucking slave person or whatever he said, I thought it was horrible. So he's he's one that I think people wouldn't mind if he lost. So yeah. when Chris Billum Smith beat him, even though Chris Billum Smith isn't the most exciting in the world, I think a lot of people inside were were happy ha- about that. I think, and that's bad to say because I don't mind Lawrence too much, but kind of he had it coming. To be fair, he dealt with it well though. I think the loss, I think the way he came out after, I think he may have won a few fans back. After yeah, that. yeah, he did. He had to. But you know what? Playing devil's advocate now, I'm, I'm saying all that and I'm going to say something now which completely contradicts that. But, um, you know, Chris Billum Smith, for example, who you mentioned, actually, I think a lot of people are into him because he is, just seems like a very nice Alex. bloke. Yeah. You know what I mean? A good straight fighter, shooter, though. respectful. And yeah. I think, and a good fighter. Yeah, and I think um, people are bought into him for that, really, because he's... Yeah, you know, but he's not in boring you know, fights. Like so. Tommy McCarthy fights... Were both excellent when he when he chinned that was it Zhou Zhag or whatever he was in that last oh, fight he had God, before yeah. chinned yeah. him in the sixth round like I, I can't remember the last time I see a boring no. Chris Billum uh, Billum Smith fight all good fights mm. 
Mm. He is well known in the box world, but if he does want to make mega, mega money, then he will have to sort of come out of his shell a bit. That's the thing. That's what we've, we've been talking about. Yeah, but you you just got to but sometimes just be precise in what you are saying. It's like Fabio Wardley is about to fight Adelaide, right? And he's not brash. He's not coming out of all this crazy stuff, but it's in that face. So if he sat down and says, this ain't going past six rounds, I'm going to knock you out. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, that's Even though he's need. quite clean cut, yeah. Wardley, he's from Ipswich. He ain't no, you know, road, road man or anything. But just be precise in what you say. Whereas Boatsy, when he got in there with Aziz, it's like we say, he's got a lovely jab. I like his shorts, this, that. And the other. like, just fucking say like you're going to knock shorts. the guy. That was what Popper <laughs> said in the last podcast. Oh, right. okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, no. Get with it, son. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Just be precise. Say you're going to knock the guy out. Ain't going to go past six rand. Just say that, you know, he's a bit twitchy and that's because he's nervous around me. You don't have to flip a table. Just just be precise. You see, that said, I, I mate, if I was a boxer, I would be a respectful boxer because I'd be too worried about, you know, saying all this and then getting served up, you know. How so <laughs> about you doing the stand-up, a... though, man? Some yeah. of the stuff with the hecklers. I was thinking, are you not worried when you got hecklers and then you're saying stuff back to them that all of a sudden that might go to violence? And there's security there. There's got to be security hecklers, there think... to stop all that nonsense. Oh, he's got a big fat <laughs> To be honest, there's not, uh, there's, there's not security, but... One one um, clip you might see online. There was two ex cons in the audience, right? And they basically turned up. They it turned out that they was inside because they were murderers, two murderers, oh, or like. Fucking hell, fucking and uh, hell. yeah, I mean, I went to town on them, and then after, and then after, like, I put it up, and my mum's like, "I really don't think you should be doing that, Josh." I was like, "Yeah," but everyone's laughing. That was all right. And he was like, "You push your luck there, you know," but. Um, there's what, yeah. There's there's ways of doing it. Do you know what I mean? You can, you can have a, you can take the piss out of someone, but do it in a do it in a nice way. You know. So Josh, we need to get your thoughts. Fury Usyk, who wins? Um, yeah, I think I think uh, Tyson Fury wins. Um, I just think too too big, too good, but. You know, I've sort of wrote off Usyk before. You know, I thought AJ would beat him um, in the first in the first fight. That is, you know, the second fight I weren't I weren't that confident for AJ. But yeah, I, I would probably yeah, I'd go I'd go Fury. But I do think there's something in you know I do think there's a reason why Fury has put it off this long. You know, to make the fight, I, I do think I do think he's worried about Usyk. You know, um, but I've got got to go with Fury. You know, I do think he is. I do think he's the best heavyweight out there. One day I'm going to get a guest on here who fucking thinks Usyk's going to win. I'll tell you that. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, brilliant stuff. Thank you, Josh. You've been an absolute legend on here. If you want to plug your socials, feel free. And, uh, yeah, tell everyone where they can find you. And uh, thank you so much, mate. Mate, thank you so much for having me on. Before I plug my socials, I want to say keep on watching proper because we need more content like his. He is the bollocks. And uh the funniest YouTuber out there, without a doubt. Um and if you wanna if you wanna follow me, you can as well, but make sure, you know, if you're not already subscribed to the proper YouTube channel, make sure you do that because otherwise you're missing out. But on my uh my socials are Josh James E on Instagram and TikTok if you're about fucking five years old. <laughs> um and then on Facebook it's Josh James Comedy. 
And then I've got a YouTube. I've got a YouTube channel, which is Josh James Z as well, I think. But yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for having me on, lads. Cheers, mate. You're a legend. Cheers, mate. See you later. Cheers, Cheers mate. Josh. Well,